People of the internet, EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And I, I, I want to get right into our conversation today because I got something important to talk about. Now you, you've read the title. You've seen what this podcast is about. So let me just go ahead and get to it. I want to do something first. You know, we got to pay the bills. Money solves all things. That's the answer to all things. So we're going to pay the bills. And then I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to talk to you for a few moments. And after I talk to you, then I want us to take a moment of meditation. Not, not, it's not going to be first this time. I want you to hear what I got to say. And then we're going to meditate. And after our moment of meditation, then we'll have the blessing. Today, if you're listening to this when it's released, it is uh, literally the day that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born. On this day in 1929, almost a hundred years ago. What is that? What is that? Uh, 91 years ago? Yeah, Dr. King was born down in the in the southern half of our great nation for those of you who are in the United States of America and for most of you you are very familiar with who Dr. King was Dr. King was a a famous preacher but even more famous civil rights activist who was the centerpiece for the the social freedom, not the physical freedom. Because if you think about it, uh, blacks were freed almost a hundred years before Dr. King came on the scene when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. As I scratch my head, probably because I need to go and wash it. I really don't know. Maybe I'm just scratching my head because I'm, I'm just amazed at what's going on right about now. But Dr. King, uh, who came along, or the height of his his ministry, his work, if you will, came along a hundred years after Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. They were physically blacks were uh, freed from the oppression, freed from uh, the force of those who. Ch- should or should I say who would desire to have them uh, remain as their their personalized workers for no pay all that stuff makes the we, we, we don't have to spend our time going back and digging up all that stuff if you would like to there's definitely time for us to do that down yonder but I want to talk uh, about Dr. King very briefly because even he is not the point of my conversation today. But as I said, Dr. King came along 100 years after blacks were physically freed and he led the charge to socially make us free. As you remember, before Dr. King came along, even though blacks were free, we could not vote. 
many of us could not uh, own property or there were certain parts of town that we could not own property. There was certain parts of town that we as African-Americans could not even go. Uh, There were uh, vicious attacks from those of the Caucasian persuasion, they uh, were still looking upon us as three-fourths of a person, even though legally we were not uh, no longer considered three-fourths of a person, even though we had now uh, acquired the tools and acquired the knowledge to be doctors so that we didn't have to go to the vet anymore when we were sick. Or we had our own grocery stores. We even had our own Wall Street, which was burned down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We were at a place where we had the freedom physically, but we were still struggling socially. And Dr. King came along and kicked the bucket. He and various other persons out of the bottom of this social oppression out of the bottom of this social slavery giving us as African Americans the right giving us as white Americans for those of us who uh, were black or who were white yet liked each other wanted to be in relation with each other you you got to remember that before then all of you interracial couples who just freely walking around black people holding white folks hand and white people holding black people's hand and Mexicans holding Jews hand remember that was not a thing back yonder but thanks to Dr. King kicking the bucket the bottom out of that oppression. All that ties into our social oppression, but that's that's not what I want to talk about today. I don't want to talk about what happened on January the 15th, uh, 1929, almost 91 years ago. Literally, should I say it's not almost, it was 91 years ago. No, 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 no. I want to talk about what happened on January 15th, 2014, five years ago. You see, as I mentioned, if I could just go on back to Dr. King, I know I, I said I was done with that, but but this ties in. Don't worry, just follow me. We're going somewhere. Dr. King, in 1960, 1963, with the I Have a Dream speech, you know, his work literally tailors between that 60 and that 68 mark. Most of his famous work tailors between 60 and 63. But Dr. King and his I Have a Dream speech, which literally, as I just mentioned, was the the ending. The He and John Kennedy and, and even uh, London Baines Johnson, JFK, LBJ, who were the initiators of the Civil Rights uh, Act. And, and they were the ones who socially freed blacks. But a hundred years before that, Abraham Lincoln physically freed blacks. And so we had the social freedom of blacks in 6319 and the physical freedom in 6318. But somewhere... Between 18 and 63, 19, it was 100 years that it took for the the tide to catch up. And now from 63, 19 to this present time, it's still some residue of social depravities. Most of them are within our own minds, even though some of them still exist in the opposite uh, races 
or the opposite sides of town, if you will. But but that that social residue, that that mindset that there's certain things that I can and cannot do, that stuff is still prevalent. And and so in 2014, I found myself victimized by that social oppression. I found myself in the black man's hell, if you will. The black man's uh, psychological hell, if you will. I was working in a uh, construction company. Uh, Well, an actual, a cleanup construction company. They do construction cleanup, to be more precise. What that means is you have a construction site, a building, uh, if, if a company is building a building, the you have the electricians, you have the con, uh, the uh, the painters, you have the the mason work, the the people who put up the walls, you all those different uh, trades, if you will. And on the back end of all of that, you have uh, the con- the cleaning crew. I want to say the construction clean crew, which is literally what it's called. They come in. After the masonry is gone, after the painters are gone, after the electricians and uh, the wall plasterers and all of those persons, the light fixture hangers, all of those people, after they're gone, then comes the construction clean. And they take their time and meticulously go throughout the building, cleaning it, making sure that it's perfected as we move or should I say as the the company moves or the construction crew or the contractor is what I was trying to say. Thank you for your patience as I struggle through that sentence. As they begin to move into the process of turning the building over to the owners, the construction clean is who I was. And I had just gotten that job about June May, May, yeah, May, June of 2014. I got in that job because I was, uh, I had just left the house. I was 30 years old. I had a, a somewhat wife at the time. You might as well call her that. I was taking care of her. I was feeding her. I was putting a roof over her head and clothes on her back. I mean, that's basically the prerequisite for wife, ain't it? And so I had this this burden that I didn't have about three or four months ago. Before that, I was working for the Virginian Pilot. I was slinging newspapers. I had started slinging newspapers in 2007, working down at the the old place. Now you ask, what is an old place? Well, back yonder when the papers were hot, you had two types of delivery carriers. You had... Uh, the single copy, which were the people who delivered to the stores, who delivered to those boxes. You remember those boxes you sit on the side of the road? You can put two, three quarters in and it pop open and there was a paper. Or when you found those boxes in the uh, in the hospitals, you know, remember those little red boxes and blue boxes? I don't know what color they were, depending upon what state you live in. And then when you went to the 7-Elevens, the Walmarts, the Dollar Trees, the the Revcos. Uh, yeah, Revco was a thing before CVS and uh, I said Walgreens. Yeah, but before CVS, we had Revco. Uh-huh. Rite Aid. All those places. When you walked in there, you got the papers. 
It was people like me, known as single copy delivery carriers, who worked in those establishments or who put those papers in those establishments. And then I transferred to home delivery and I started delivering papers uh, in the communities. I started going to the houses. I went from stores to now house delivery. That's why they call it home delivery. And so I, I was doing that and I was struggling through what I wanted to be. I was still at that time. Uh, I was fresh out of college by then. I had just dropped out. We'll have that conversation later on down the road. But I didn't drop out because I wanted to be a rebel. I didn't drop out because I was one of those millennials who uh, was screwed the system. And, and we didn't have Gary Vee back then telling us that college was for suckers. or uh, well, He didn't say it's for suckers, but that you didn't need it. And, and back then, we needed college. Back then, if you didn't have a college degree, you were nothing. You weren't the possibility of you becoming anybody was slim to none if you didn't have a college degree back then. And yet, with that being the prerequisite college and with that weight and that pressure of of being a black man and having to go to school weighted upon my shoulder and I no longer had that right because not that I dropped out for lack of education or lack of severity or or lack of, of passion because I literally was at school Monday through Thursday. No, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. in the morning. I took 8 a.m. classes. I can tell you my schedule right now. I had three days of math, 8 a.m. to 9.50, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And on Tuesday and Thursdays, I had English class from 8 to 9.15. And then I had Mr. Bale's Western Civilization class from 9.30 to 10.45. And then, then I went to oceanography and I don't remember what that guy's name was oh Jesus he I, it, it escapes me Dr. Costa I want to say was his name from 11 to 12 15 and then I left there went and had lunch and came back for lab from 1 until 3 30 so I was dedicated to school but the problem was I ran out of money I was broke and when the broke check started to come in. And yeah, I said the broke check started to come in. You know, you got those checks and they come in and it's got some money on it, but then you get the broke checks to come in. Or or let me say something that you'll understand. When the credit card is declined, then you're screwed. Mm. And my credit card, my friends, was declined. And the reason for that is there's a lot of reasons for that. And I'm not going to get into it today. I don't want to bore you with that. But the point is, I was depressed. I was struggling. I was out of school. That option had now uh, died. And I was looking for the next pathway. What am I going to do now? And so I had a job as I picked my teeth, struggling through this thought, thinking back into those, those dark moments of my life. I took this job working for the pilot, slinging newspapers. I did that from 2007 until 2014 when I thought I wanted to be in love. I don't know I'm bouncing around here. It's taking broad strokes 
over this this conversation. We're going to come back and deal with that later. So just just bear with me. Let me take these broad strokes because I'm going to get to the central part of today's conversation. The part of today's conversation is not about what happened in college. It's not about why I dropped out. It's not about me working at the pilot. It's not even about the girl that I thought I was in love with. No, 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 no. It's about me not being able to find myself. I didn't know who I was anymore. I knew that there was a part of me that I had, but can I tell you something? Somewhere he got lost and I don't know where he was. Or should I say I didn't know where he was. And so I was wandering in the wilderness trying to find him. I was struggling trying to find him. And then we get, as I said, to 2014. And in 2014, I'm at this job. I'm cleaning buildings, construction clean, if you will. I knew a little bit of something about construction. I would watch the other people do the things. I I never did uh, truthfully do my job at work. I mean, I did, but I was more fascinated by the contractors that were hanging the lights or the painters that was painting the walls or the, the brick masons that were laying the stone pipes or the, the plumbers, you name it. I was just fascinated by them. And I was watching them in somewhat awe, but in somewhat of a connect the dot piece theory. I guess mindset is what I'm looking for. You say, what do you mean by connect the dot mindset? Well, because you, my uncle builds buildings. He is a general contractor, a project manager, if you will. And so I've watched him for 30 years of my life build even his home. He remodeled his home, put the bathrooms, sinks in, the tub, put the lights up, uh, put the walls in. Whatever we needed in the home, that's what my uncle's job was. and And he fulfilled it to perfection. And so when I started to watch these people at the job when I was supposed to be doing the construction clean, but I was fascinated by them because I was watching his work and their work. I was seeing what I learned from him, what I watched him do and other people. And yet here I am with all this knowledge. Watch this with all this This understanding, I can see the electricians and I know what they're doing. I can see the plumbers and I understand what they're doing. I can see the brick masons and that makes sense. I can see the plasterers and that makes sense. I can even see the plumbers and that makes sense. And yet, all I have is a broom and a dustpan. Only thing that I'm good at right now is to sweep a floor and wipe or even wash a wall. And I felt... Like I had reached the most, I, I, mm, rock bottom does not do justice to how I felt at that point in time. And then I had this girl at the house, not granted, she was the hottest thing on planet earth. I'm not going to lie to you. I I would put my ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, if you will next to any girl on planet earth and on her best day she would win any beauty contest she would 
She was a hot piece of mama. Yes, God. And I say was not because she's dead. At least I don't think she is. I haven't talked to her in some time, so I really don't know where she is, to be honest. But I do know she was hot. And not only do I know she was hot, but every guy that saw her thought she was hot. And so they would look at me with this look of, you know how guys look at other dudes that got a hot girl. They look at them like they're going to kill them. And I was watching these dudes who were looking at me like, mm, what I got to do to get that girl from you? And I'm like, uh, if you meet me at the house, I'll just pack her up right now. We can, Look, we can take a lunch right now and head down here. And man, I can make this happen for you right now. Because you see, even though she was cute, she had issues. She had a lot of issues inside. And her issues accompanied with my issues, well, that just made an ingredient for a bad, bad relationship. And so I'm at home and I'm depressed. I'm at work and I'm depressed. June, July. August, September, October, November, December, depression, 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 depression. The boss, on top of all that I was going through, that I mentioned the boss was a jerk too? Yeah, that added the fuel to the fire. And... Before anybody will say, well, who is this boss? No, we don't need to call his name or her name. It was a couple of hers around there, too. So go ahead and eliminate that. Oh, I, I thought I nailed it down. Nope, 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 nope. And the reason why we don't need to call names, because your boss is crazy, too. You, the one listening who works for that dead-end job, the one who gets up every morning, the one who right now is dreading the reality that you have to go punch a clock for a man you can't stand for a check that's laughable. You know just how I'm feeling or how I was feeling back yonder. And so June, as I said, July, August, September, October, November, December, December. It's where I reached my boiling point. If you go back and listen to a podcast, I don't remember which one. So so you have to forgive me. Well, you don't have to do anything, but I would ask for you to forgive me. But it's one with FCJ and FCJ kind of made a reference. And we're going to we're going to go deeper into that one of these days, me and him, he and I. We might even have a, a podcast reunion or something with all of the people who used to work for, for that company who will talk. But the point is, in that, that podcast that this back yonder somewhere in the show, in the you just go down and look. Just type in Frank Caffey, FCJ. You, you'll find it. The last one, should I say. Not the first one, because I think we, what do we do, two? Three. Anyway, the point is, go listen to all of Frank's conversations. They all make sense. And they all kind of speak to this. But Frank made a, a point to remind me of December. December was crazy. December was the time when we didn't even know we were going to have a job. Because, as I said, we were construction clean. We were the final layer 
the, the last line of defense between the construction and its completion. And we had reached the point where the buildings were finished. I'm talking about the Norfolk Courthouse. For those of you here in Norfolk, you go down St. Paul Boulevard. If you're heading uh, towards uh, the Elizabeth River, you'll see to your left when you get to St. Paul and uh, City Hall, that building that sits right there has City of Norfolk Courthouse on it. Yeah, that was my last full-time job. And for those of you who work at Slover or who go to Slover, that was also my last full-time job. I remember in Slover, down in the basement, if you uh, come in the, uh, no, 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 let's go in the stairs, or excuse me, excuse me, sorry, go in the front door, that's what you do, all the all of you people who, who know where Slover is and can, can do this, I'm talking to you, those of you who have no idea, please forgive me, uh, but I'm, I'm just going to, just, just stay with me for a second, but if you go in, in the Slover, and for those of you who are not have no idea, get on a plane and come to the Norfolk city of Norfolk, and, and you can go on a slover too and do exactly what I say. Keep this podcast on save, so when you do it, you can you can check this out. But go on slover front door right there, the big glass door that's in front of slover. You go in, or the big glass door, should I say, that gives you access to slover. You go in. There's this big exhibit hall. They're right there in this hall. You're going to look to your right straight ahead. And you're going to go up a flight of stairs. That's going to take you to the second floor. Up those stairs is a wall. As I take a bite out of my tooth. Because that wall had a scaffold on it. And that wall has to be, oh, what? 50, 75 feet up. And I'm scared of heights. I am terrified of heights. I will take a needle to a butt and have sex with a girl with AIDS before I want to be on heights. Anybody's scaffold in anybody's air. But I was up there scared to death. I don't even believe I did that job right because I was so terrified to be up there and I went to the boss and I was like look I don't want to do this job this job does not does not it is not worth it to me to be up on that scaffold I can't function on that scaffold and truth be told nobody cared so I climbed that scaffold now you find people listening to this now you're in a great time because if you went to your boss and say, I'm uncomfortable in this situation, society has now demanded that they listen to you. But back then, it didn't matter if you was uncomfortable. You just went up on that scaffold and you cried and you prayed and you did your job the best you could while being terrified. Just five humble years ago. I was cleaning that wall. And then when you come down off that scaffold, thank God I came down. This Jesus, Lord God, thank you. But when you come down, you walk through from the wall, go straight 
uh, or should I say, if you're facing the wall, do an about face and go into the old building on the first floor. And you're going to walk down and you're going to make a left right there is is some um it's a desk there i want to say it's the information desk you're going to make a left near that information desk you're going to go out into that little foyer area the little vestibule and there's a door there right before the elevators open that door and when you open that door i want you to stop right there in that hallway the hallway where I prayed and cried and prayed and cried. The hallway where I didn't know if I could even take this anymore. That hallway as I was cleaning those lights in there by myself. Nobody but me and the creator. No, it wasn't even just the creator, it was me and God. Me and the good G-O-D. Me and Jesus. His, he, look, I was so down that God had to go bring the Son, the Holy Ghost. He had to dig up Moses, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because I was, I was there. I, I was in that pit, man. And I sat there and I cleaned those walls, those light fixtures. I cleaned them up and I cleaned them down. I cleaned those stairs. I believe I cleaned those stairs by hand on my hands and knees, scrubbing inside of those little fixtures. They got little designs and things on the stairs. And I had to get all of the dirt and particles that was hanging up in those little stair particles, those little stair designs. All that stuff had to come out one by one. And then I left there and went down the street to the courthouse. And if you go in the courthouse, if you go around after you check in, make that right and go around to the side of the building, right before the elevators, there's a door right there. The elevators are around the corner, but there's a door. You'll see it as a stairwell. Open that door. And when you go in there, that's the second hole. That's the hole where Frank came in one day and he patted me on the shoulder. That's about all he could do. He knew that I was broken. But we we were thugs back then, man. We ain't cry. We ain't, I'm, I'm telling you, the, 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 it is amazing how much the world has changed in the last five years. To now we're more inclusive. We're more open. We're able to express ourselves. Back yonder, you just you just looked at your bruh. You just went, bruh. And he went, yeah, man. And you walked off. That was all we could do. But when he left, I sat on those stairs and I cried. I was I was done. I was I was finished. I was at the point where I did not want to live anymore. Now, I had already been in this this battle, this war with God. I had already been in this struggle with Him. I'm already past 30 minutes. Can, can, can I take a little bit more time? Y'all don't mind, do you? 
I had I'd been in this war starting out when I was delivering the papers. I remember I tell people all the time, they ask you, where did you find God? I found God in the 800 block of Bodotart Gardens right there in front of 832 Bodotart Gardens. That used to be the publisher's house. He doesn't live there anymore, so I'm okay to give out the address. But don't go knock on their house. But that's where I found God, right there in that little corner. I found him. I had a conversation. I screamed out to him because I was dreaming about podcasting and vlogging and and being all these different things. All of these projects and programs that you have seen me do between 2017 and 2019. All of the things that you're hearing and you're experiencing now from me. I dreamed about this stuff five and almost 10 years ago. And those dreams did not make sense. Those visions did not make sense. And I sat there right at Bodotart Gardens in the 800 block. It was pouring down raining. And it was very good that it was pouring down raining because you couldn't tell if I was soaked from the rain, if my face was drenched from the sweat, or if I was crying my heart out. It didn't matter because it all blended in. And I told God right there, Either you do something for me or you leave me the hell alone. Now, I know the religious people, your heart just sank right about that. But I told him. And then if you go back in the cut behind Bodotark Gardens, me and God had a cuss session back there. I mean, I cussed at him. I me, I you told me that you didn't want me to cuss at anybody else. You didn't want me to go home and take it out of my grandmother. You didn't want me to be an evil person. You didn't want me to have this evil attitude towards anybody else. So it's nobody for me to get this out. Well, you told me to cast my cares on you. So what the fuck are you doing to me? That's exactly what I told God. I told him repeatedly to leave me the hell alone. I'm tired of his bullshit. I can't tell you the countless curse words that I said to God and I was sick of him. And we had these moments of conversation and conversation and conversation. I thought that I had found that peace and harmony. I'd got the blog. We were already hot. I was on Google. We were doing good things. 2013 was a great year. The podcast, I didn't have a podcast back then, but the YouTube channel was taking off. We were doing great things. And then I went and got a girlfriend and that all sank because I thought the girl thing was the right thing to do because I had the pod or should I said I had the vlog and it was the, the channel was going good my numbers were going good I was socially hot and then this girlfriend would have been the completion piece to that and then it all went to hell and I was like fuck I literally went to God and I was like fuck you fuck you and and again we had that conversation We had that conversation January 15, 2015. I'll never forget it to the day that I die. I walked out of the city of Norfolk Courthouse, heading towards Harbor Park where my car was parked. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my boss. I didn't tell my grandmother. I didn't even tell my best friends. Frank didn't know. Nobody knew. But I walked out of that building and I was determined that I wasn't coming back.
I was determined that this was my moment. This was the time. This was going to happen for me. I was determined that either God was going to help me or I was ready to die. I was focused and I was tired and I was fed up and I didn't know where God was. Everybody kept telling me that I need to find him, but I didn't know where the hell he was. So I said to God, as I walked out of that place, you either come get me or you just watch me die. But either way, I ain't doing this shit no more. And that's exactly the conversation that he and I had. And now five years later, you can follow me on Instagram at Eric Deshaun Barrett. I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but that's the only place that I can show you. Facebook.com forward slash Eric D. Barrett. Twitter at Eric D. Barrett. YouTube, Eric Barrett. Look at all the projects that I've been able to accomplish. All of the things that I've been able to do with the city of Norfolk. Community engagement, walks and podcasts and all this other. All this started five years ago. When I walked out of a building, out of the city of Norfolk Courthouse, and I was determined that it was either I survive or I die. And so I come on the fifth anniversary of my decision, the fifth anniversary of my economic my social, my professional salvation, I come with the same passion. Today, either I swim or I die. God, I'm out of here. You came five years ago. Are you coming again?
Uh, yeah, my life is lovely now, I'm focused on me You said you were about to die, I guess the car is on E But see, I ain't even tripping, cause I just chose to believe That somebody gon' come around and give me just what I need I don't wanna see you frowning, see you looking down and out Coming to me crying, saying you miss having me around Gave you chances and you blew it, you so easily influenced All the times you told me beat it, now you gotta face the music I'm saying So now, and so now as we embark upon this new decade, I, I believe, I believe and I speak, I speak the positive thought, the prophetic thought, the spiritual thought, the command for prosperity, the command that whatever we were destined to do that this be the decade this be the year this be the moment that we achieve to those witches that are surrounding us may they be vanquished may they find their exit may they right now as you listen to this podcast pack their damn bags and get the hell out of your life And may the road that was once bumpy, may that become clear, that was once cloudy, may the sun shine, that was once foggy, may the vision and the pathway and the purpose become in focus until we can meet again for me and mine, unto you and yours. Laters.